Good evening. It is good to see all of you out tonight. We are glad that you are here. Our lesson for tonight kind of veers away from our walk through the Bible a little bit. It kind of pertains more so to what we talked about last week. Uh, but last week we talked a little bit about uh, the Passover and of course the crossing of the Red Sea. And since we got to the Passover I had the idea to to go back and look at it a little bit closer. Um, look at some of the details that regard the Passover and kind of compare those to the Lord's Supper in some ways because when we look at the Lord's Supper we know that it was instituted with the Passover. So uh, we'll look at, at some of the ways that they are similar, some of the ways that they're different, uh, but that's mostly what our lesson is going to be on tonight. The Passover and the Lord's Supper. We're going to begin in Exodus chapter 11. If you'd like to turn there and follow along. And, and we'll look at the, the next three or four chapters maybe of Exodus. Not all the verses. But we'll look at the ones that pertain to the, the Passover and what we can learn about the Passover. First of all, whenever we look at Exodus chapter 11, we begin by looking at the purpose of the purpose of the Passover. Exodus chapter 11 and beginning with verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people. Let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a, do shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you. After that I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. Verse 9, But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. We see the purpose in the Passover. It, it was a sign. Because Pharaoh would not let God's people go, a final plague was promised upon them. The death of the firstborn of every household in Egypt. God commanded Israel to keep 
the Passover as a sign of obedience to Him. And as they were obedient, death would pass them by. And I see the blood, I will pass over you. And so it required obedience. And there were several stipulations, different things that, that they had to follow in partaking of the Passover, in observing the Passover feast, also known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. There's your Bible trivia. We look at its ordinances in Exodus chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1. And these are ordinances that are not given by Moses. These are given by God. Moses reiterated to the people what they needed to do. But God is the one that, that is telling them what they need to do. And they are to be obedient to Him. Exodus 12, beginning with verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth, the tenth of this month every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh of it the flesh on that night roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water but roasted in fire its head with its legs and its entrails you shall let none of it remain until morning and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14. So this day shall be to you a, a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. 
On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day there shall be... Uh, on the seventh there shall only be... There shall only may be... And it's not right either. I lost my line. And on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No matter of work shall be done on them, but that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. May only be prepared by you. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this same day I will have brought your enemies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses. Since whoever eats with the since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a stranger or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread. Seven days. Seven days they were to observe this Passover. Unleavened bread only, not leavened. A lamb. Uh, we, we think of even Jesus. Whenever we think of Jesus, he's referred to as a lamb. He is described as a, a lamb led to slaughter. Um, he is a, a sacrificial lamb. And that is a representation from the Passover. But it was to be their very best. The very best of what they had. Moses gathered the elders of Israel and told them the commands of God and what the people were to do. And this was to be a memorial, a reminder from generation to generation of how God delivered His people. Let's pick up reading with verse 26 of Exodus 12. And it shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? That you shall say, It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Verse 28. Then the children of Israel went away and did so. Just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. Reminds me of going back to Genesis chapter 6. When Noah was given the specifications of the ark. And he did. As God told him to do. They were obedient. And again as they were obedient God blessed his people. And he delivered them from their bondage. Pick up reading in verse 29 of Exodus 12. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, just as he had promised, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. 
for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as, Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. How bold of Pharaoh to ask after so many times of refusing to let Israel go, and yet he asked for a blessing. Verse 33, And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. And they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they, plund they plundered the Egyptians. God allowed them to take different things with them. Things of value. Uh, different things that the Egyptians had in their possessions. And the Egyptians gladly gave them. So that their lives might be spared. God's power was seen in Egypt. There were certain regulations that went along with the Passover also. Strangers and those uncircumcised were not to partake of this feast. Verse 43 of Exodus 12, and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it, but every man's servant who is brought, bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. And then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be a native of the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among you. Thus all the children of Israel did. As the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass on that very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. As we get into Exodus 13, we're told again how this is to be a memorial for the people. Exodus 13, beginning with verse 3. And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. On this day you are going out in the month, a bid. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the, of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. 
And on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and no leavened bread shall be seen among you. Nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters. And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up from Egypt. It shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. The Jews did so. Every year they partook of the Passover feast in remembrance of God leading His people out of Egyptian bondage. And even today, there are Jews that still observe the Passover, at least for the most part. As we look at the Passover, we realize that it's not just found in the Old Testament, but it's also found in the New Testament. So I want to turn our attention for the rest of our time to to the Passover and how it is mentioned in the New Testament, how it is observed, and get into the Lord's Supper as well. The earliest mention of the Passover in the New Testament goes back to Luke chapter 2 and verses 41 through 50. Jesus was 12 years old, and he and his parents had gone to Jerusalem to observe the feast of the Passover. Jesus was left behind when his parents supposed him to be with relatives. I can identify. I was left behind five times when I was younger. I know exactly how it happens. They supposed him to be with other relatives, and so he was left behind in Jerusalem. In Luke 2, beginning with verse 46, it says, Now, so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. It was their custom to go to Jerusalem to observe the feast of the Passover, the feast of unleavened bread. And so they did. Jesus also carried this custom into his adulthood. And we find that he was also in Jerusalem for the Passover when he drove the businessmen from the temple. In John chapter 2, beginning with verse 13. John 2 and verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them out, all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, 
Zeal for your house has eaten me up. That was also around the occasion of the Passover. And we see that Jesus, He was observant of the command that had been given to God's people. Even He, the Son of God, kept this feast. The Passover was observed by the Jews and Christ Himself until His death on the cross. In Matthew 26, we read of the institution of the Lord's Supper, instituted during the observance of the Passover. Matthew 26, and beginning with verse 1. Matthew 26 and verse 1. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that He said to His disciples, You know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. He foretold His own death. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the plate at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Verse 17 of Matthew 26. Now on the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man, and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. They knew that Jesus would observe the Passover. It was his custom to do so. And they knew that he, was, he would obey the command of God. In verse 20, when evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now, as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, You have said it. And as they were eating, verse 26, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. But I say to you, 
I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. During the observance of the Passover, Jesus instituted what we know today to be the Lord's Supper. There are some things that are different. There are some things that are the same in regard to the Lord's Supper and, and comparing it to the Passover. For instance, the Passover was to be observed as a memorial as we read in Exodus 13 verses 9 and 10. It was a reminder of the Lord's deliverance of His people from Egyptian bondage and that they were to keep His laws. And so they did. The Lord's Supper also is to be observed as a memorial, a reminder of how Jesus has delivered us from our sins by sacrificing His own blood for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26 says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. And so we partake of the Lord's Supper as a memorial, a remembrance of the sacrifice of Christ. Another similarity, something I hadn't really thought of until we were going through this, was that there was not a bone to be broken in the Passover lamb. And it was prophesied that there would not be one of Jesus' bones broken. And so it was. But again, we, were, we partake of the Lord's Supper as a memorial. The Lord's Supper is observed more often than the Passover at different times. The Passover was to be observed once a year for seven days. But the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper is to be observed every first day of the week. And we know that because the disciples met on the first day of the week for the very purpose of partaking of the Lord's Supper. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7 says, Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. We know that this is something that they did observe every first day of the week. They continued in the Apostles' Doctrine as we are told in Acts chapter 2. This was something that they did on a regular basis. And so, on this occasion, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached his message until midnight. We know by what the disciples did and how they observed the Lord's Supper that that is exactly what we should do as well. And so on the first day of every week, we follow that example and we continue to partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week as a memorial till He comes. Both feasts involve the same symbolic unleavened bread, but they have different representations. Even though we use the unleavened bread, it has a different meaning for us than it did in the Passover. As we look at the Passover, it was a reminder of the unleavened bread eaten by the Jews, that they were to partake 
of this ready to go at a moment's notice. And so there was not to be any leaven in their houses as they partook of the Passover. As we partake of the Lord's Supper, however, the unleavened bread is a reminder to us of the body of Jesus upon the cross. The Lord's Supper involves the use of the fruit of the vine, a representation of the blood shed by Jesus for our sins. And so, we remember the death of Christ. Whenever we gather around the table, whenever we have that opportunity, it is a privilege, it is a blessing to us, it is an opportunity for us to remember how our Lord sacrificed Himself. He became the sacrificial lamb, the perfect lamb. Now, as we've been studying on Wednesday, without the shedding of His blood, there is no remission of sin. And so the Lord's Supper is a reminder to us, as the Passover was a reminder to Israel of their deliverance from Egyptian bondage. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, it is a reminder of our deliverance from sin through the blood of Christ. In partaking of the Lord's Supper, we are told to examine ourselves. 1 Corinthians 11, beginning with verse 27. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. We are warned that when we partake of the Lord's Supper, that we are to do so not in an unworthy manner. We are to examine ourselves, make sure that, that we are partaking for the right reason and in the right way, that we are truly remembering the death of our Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Lord's Supper is, is very important to us. It's important that we observe it when we are commanded to observe it, the first day of every week. Just as it was important for Israel to observe the Passover every year, the same time and they did so and as long as they were obedient to God they were blessed and so we are reminded of the importance of our own obedience to God in partaking of the Lord's Supper when it is specified in Scripture not taking away and not adding to it not partaking of it on uh, days other than the first day of the week and 
and not abstaining from partaking of it for long periods of time. Again, it is a privilege to be able to partake of the Lord's Supper. It is an opportunity for us. It is an opportunity that is given by God. An opportunity for remembrance. And so we partake of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. We used unleavened bread. We used the fruit of the vine as representation of Christ's body and His blood. There are similarities and there are differences between the Passover and the Lord's Supper. But I think we learn great lessons when we study them both together. And, and hopefully this is a lesson that has been helpful to you in some way. We always offer the Lord's invitation. And certainly if anyone is in need of, of responding to it, whether it be in obedience, maybe you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, repentance, and confession of faith also go along with that. If you've not done that, then we'd be glad to help you. Maybe it is that, that you're in need of, of coming back. Maybe you realize that you've wandered away from God and you need to return. Maybe we can help you in that need. But whatever your need may be, we give you the opportunity to respond as together we stand and as we sing.